beloved. Amen. Wonderful worship song you sang. But this morning, I want to talk about the prayers that God says amen to. The prayers that God says amen to. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, we have the written history of the establishing of the great temple of God under the leadership of Solomon. King David, his papa, initially wanted to build it, but he was permitted by God not to do that. But it was the next generation. Somebody say the next generation. It was the next generation that took it to another level. And every time there's another level, there's another devil. Oh, you're not awake yet. Amen. I'll, I'll go slow for you. You didn't get your monster. You didn't get your rock star. You didn't get your Starbucks. But that's all right. But here in chapter 7, let me give you the background. Mo, uh, Solomon has been speaking in chapter 6. But in chapter 7, he's at the steps of the church, of the temple. And he says this in verse 1. Are you with me? Say amen. Now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down. Somebody say fire. fire. Oh, come on. Say it like there's really a fire in the house. Fire. All right. Amen. Now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the church. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Revelation 1, 17, you don't have to turn there, but listen to what, God's, what Jesus says. He says, fear not, for I am the first and the last, and he that lives. I was dead, but now I am alive, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Amen. The question is here this morning is, what does God say amen? What type of prayer, what kind of prayer does God say amen to? But I want us to look back on the word for a minute, the word amen. It actually is acknowledging two things. First of all, it's acknowledging the accuracy of a saying. The accuracy, how, how, how clear and precise is what that saying is all about. And secondly, of how reliable is that saying. The real definition of amen is, simply says, so let it be. In another scholarly uh, uh, interpretation of it, it says certainly. In other words, if you tell me a truth, if you tell me something that is accurate and reliable, then I'm going to say certainly we'll do that. Certainly we'll go there. Certainly that's going to happen. Somebody say certainly. But the problem is, is that the church today, we say amen for practically anything. Even the unsaved say amen. You ever been so hungry that you rush in and you smell the cooking of, of, of your wife or your mama's cooking on the stove and you're famished and there you are and you, you just can't wait to sit down and you grab your fork and you say, when's it coming? Come on. And once it hits the plate, once it hits the table, there you go and you put your head down and you say one of those kind of prayers and then you say, amen. Touch somebody and tell them he's talking about you today. Amen. But this symbolizes the problem that our prayers are three things. Write this down and remember this. Our prayers are three things. Number one, they're too shallow. Number two, they're too short. And number three, they're too simplistic. 
I know as you and, and uh, are in a time of prayer and fasting here before the Lord that I want you to grab a hold of what God is saying. Not what Pastor Bruce is saying, but what God is saying to your church and to you this morning. Take an inventory, evaluate where you're at and what kind of prayers you're actually praying unto God as you're fasting. It's not good enough just to fast. That just means you're losing weight. Hello. But if you combine the prayer with fasting, that's when you, oh, you're not awake yet. I said when you combine the prayer with the fasting, that's the, that is the fuel that lifts you. That is the fuel that takes you above everything else. It transcends every situation, every circumstance you find yourself, every tribula- every test that you find yourself up against. If, you're, if your back is in the corner this morning, I want you to know this morning that it is the prayers of the righteous that will avail much, and the power of God is going to manifest itself. Touch somebody and tell them that's what we need. Now, let me tell you something. I don't like a quiet congregation. And I'll tell you why. Because if you're from Victor Outreach, you're either drunk or you're tired. Amen? And I know there's no drunk people here this morning. But what does it mean when our prayers are too shallow? That means that our focus is upon our own needs. Is upon our own needs. Rather than focusing on the needs of those around us. We tend to pray. We tend to pray Lord, bless our four no more. Hello, somebody. You ever heard somebody pray like that? Oh, Lord, bless, bless Bobby, bless, bless uh, uh, Patsy, bless uh, the dog, and, and bless Mama, and that's it. And they forget about the pastor. They forget about the leaders. They forget about people that are around them at work, at school. Am I talking to anybody this morning? You see, we need to realize that, that our prayers are bigger than what we're praying today because they're reaching up into heaven and Jesus is grabbing a hold of them and saying, listen, you're praying for a mighty move in your city of Hayward. We're not just taking Hayward for God, but we want to take all the world for Jesus Christ. So our prayers need to expand. They need to, they need to go to the right and to the left. Prayers that are too short failed to connect us with a historical move of the Holy Spirit. Two short prayers failed to connect us with a historical move of the Holy Spirit and your and my personal destiny in that move of God. Listen this morning. You're not just a journey group leader. You're a disciple or you're a shepherd that will be raising up perhaps the next Sonny Argonzoni, the next Nikki Cruz, the next Pastor Josie, Pastor Steve. You don't know who you are shepherding. But I want you to know this morning that if your prayers are too short, you're failing to connect with the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit does something, he does something grand and something great. And when God shows up, he shows off. Give God praise and glory this morning. I'm going to wake you up and stir you up. I'm going to slap. When your prayers are too short, you forget to realize that you're in this master plan of God. It's not just you coming to church. But it's you moving the army closer and closer and closer to to the grand victory that God has for us. Do you know that the Bible says that gates of hell shall not prevail against the church? How about this side? Do you know that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church? How about this side? Do you know that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church? 
I'll tell you what that means. That means if you've ever gone to a gated community before, you know that they have some big, tremendous metal gates that they do not allow, allow you to get into the, into the gated community. But there are some gates that are not that strong. Hello. And one of those gates is the gates of hell. It's made out of PVC. It's made of plywood. Hello, somebody. It's just made out of chicken wire slapped together. The devil didn't know what he was thinking about when he made that gate. But the Bible is saying, listen to the revelation, the Bible is saying that the church has the ball and that we are advancing towards that rickety old gate, that Mickey Mouse gate, and the gates of hell shall... Oh, you're not listening this morning. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We are on the offense. We are going to win. It is a win-win situation. We got the ball all the time. How many football fans here this morning? You imagine if your team had the ball all the time? All the time? You were never on the defense. You were always on the offense. That when the devil's trying to come against your marriage, when the devil's trying to come against your children, you're always on the offense. You, you are never running from the devil. You're making that devil run from you. You're not the tail. You're the head. You're, you're more than a conqueror this morning. Slap two people and tell them, wake up. We're praying two short prayers. Lord, bless it, amen, in Jesus' name. Over the gums and down the... But we got to realize that some of the, sometimes we got to spend time in the presence of the Lord, travailing. That word travailing comes from, from giving birth to a child. And a woman doesn't just say, okay, here's the baby. No, she travails. She labors over it. It, it is a complex situation where she must push and push and push until she gets the end results. And God is saying, you got the ball, Victor Outreach Hayward. You got the ball to push the gates of hell back and back further and further and further. And, but stop praying shallow prayers. Stop praying short prayers. Let's get into prayer where we call it down the fires of heaven. Matthew 6, Jesus talks about taking care of us. He says, don't turn there, but listen in 25, 625. For this reason, I say to you, do not worry. Tell your neighbor, don't worry. Listen, ladies, you are some of the people that have the most worrying capability on the planet. Ladies worry about everything. They worry about the weather. They worry about the children going out into the weather. Do you got your clothes on? Do you got your gloves? Do you got your scarves? And they're talking to their husband. But Jesus says, don't worry about life as to what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. And I'm not worried. I'm not worried up here right now because I know Pastor Josie is taking him in, to in and out right afterwards. We's going to be getting a double-double. Brother's going to get hooked up. Let me hear all the brothers say amen. Going to hook a brother up in and out. <laughs> yeah. And she just told me right now, I just got a little word that she's buying for everybody this morning. Give her a hand this morning. (laughs) 
But Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. Don't worry about your body and what you're going to put on it. Is not life more than the food and the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. And he talks about how beautiful they are and how he clothes them. They neither reap nor sow. Their father takes care of them. And are you not much more worthy than they? And why are you worried about clothing? Hello, you clothes horses. Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil or do not spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed themselves like one of these. So do not worry then saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, the unsaved, eagerly seek all those things. Now here's the point. What are you seeking this morning? Are you on your knees seeking God? And not just for the clothing on your back, not just for the roof over your head, but you're going deeper. This is a year of 2011 that you're going deeper to pray for souls, for pray for cities, for pray for nations, for praying for people that you will never meet until we get to heaven when they will run up to you and say, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for sending the Spirit of God to rescue me in my dire need and desire that I needed the Lord so bad. And we forget when we pray, we pray those short prayers, not realizing the historical time that we live in, on the moments that we're living in. This is an earth-shaking time for the world. The Lord is returning back soon, my friend. God is getting the stage ready, and we're not just going to be here uh, 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 just waiting for the by and by and the bless me, bless me. But we got to get to work in the first place is on our knees to God and saying, Lord, I'm tired of praying short prayers. I'm going to get a hold of God. I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to not, not be so simplistic in what we're doing, but we're going to come, and we're not going to wait until we get the total victory from the Lord. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all that right standing. See, God is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever, my friend. He never changes. But we got to realize that God is the one. He's the ever-present help in the time of trouble. History has shown us that. Whenever the church was in trouble, God would send his ministers, his prophets, he would divinely do great and mighty miracles. And finally, not only are our prayers too shallow and too short, but they're too simplistic. What does that mean when they're too simplistic? I'll tell you what that means. That means that they fail to recognize the awesomeness and the grandeur of God. Think about that. How big is God? How big is your God this morning? Can your God get you $1,000 back? Oh, and more. Amen. I'm hanging out with her afterwards. Amen. And more. But that's the kind of God. Tell two people, that's the kind of God we serve. We sing it. We sing he is an awesome God. But do we recognize it in our prayers? Do we recognize it when we get down on our knees and say, Lord, you know, if you want to do it, if you don't want to do it. But if you come before the Lord and say, I know in the Bible it tells me that you're an awesome God. You're the, you're the God that, that does some miracles that just unbelievable blows our minds. 
My friend, we need to realize that, that it's not going to be the simple prayers that are going to part the Red Seas. It's not going to be the simple prayer that delivers you from the fiery furnace. It's not going to be the simple prayers that deliver you out of the lion's den. It's not those simple prayers that's going to help you to raise your, your children, even though you're a single parent here. But it's, my friend, it is the prayers that we pray before Lord, the Lord and say, Lord, no! I must get in detail about this situation. My daughter's dealing with witchcraft when she's dealing with those drugs. It's not just the drugs. It's witchcraft. It's not just what she's doing on the outward exterior. It's a symptom of what's happening inward within the heart, within the emotion. Something has happened in her life. Something has happened in his life that, is, has, that has manifested itself outwardly now. The drinking, the drugs, that's just a symptom of what's going on deep down inside, my friend. Uh, uh, you may be going through some stuff. You might got some junk in the trunk this morning. Slap somebody, tell him he's talking about you again. We all come to church with baggage. We all come in. But we got to realize that, that even Jesus' disciples, when they were trying to cast out the demons, could not do it until they learned. And Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. You say, well, what, what, why, why can't my son-in-law get saved? Why can't my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, all my in-laws, my outlaws get saved? Because maybe you're praying too shallow, too simplistic, too short of a prayer. You need to get yourself in that prayer closet. Lock yourself up and say, Lord, I'm not coming out until you give me a word. That's the way Mama Argonzoni did it. Pastor Sonny's mama. Many of you don't realize that when Pastor Sonny was out there doing his, his thing and, and living, living the, that life uh, 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 controlled and possessed by the enemy. But it was Mama Argonzoni that went into prayer. And the, and the Bible says. <laughs> but history says that she got a word from God while she was in that prayer chamber. The ball was in her court. She was not on the defense. Oh, devil, please don't. No more. She was on the offense. She was pushing the gates of hell, pushing them back, pushing them back, pushing them back, pushing them back until she got an answer from God. Sometimes we give up too quickly. We fail to recognize the situation. But let me finish by talking to us this morning about the prayers that God that the prayers that cause God to say amen to I'm not going to have you follow me so much but I'm going to read the scriptures it's found in the whole chapter 6 the previous chapter in second chronicles you can read it if you want but just listen carefully chapter 6 some call it a sermon. I call it a prayer. Moses is standing up. In fact, in verse 13, it says, Before the entire congregation of Israel, Solomon took his position at the altar of God, stretching out his hands. Solomon had made a bronze platform seven and a half feet square and four and a half feet high. 
In other words, there was no way you could miss him. He wanted to be seen. The Bible says he made it out of brass. He had the ability to make it out of gold. But he said, "Uh uh-uh, that belongs to God. Hello, somebody. Don't ever think you are God. And what do you mean, pastor? Trying to work things out on your own. That's when we take up and say, we're God. We'll work this thing out. I don't care how minor or how great it is. If you come before the Lord like Solomon is coming before the Lord, he stands on that platform of bronze saying, I'm just a man like you and I. He says, but what, look what happens. He's standing, and the Bible says a moment later, as he stood there, then he knelt in full view of the whole congregation. And he stretched out his hands to heaven and prayed. Wow. Look at the progression from standing upon the platform, catching everyone's attention. The king, the king, no one greater than Solomon. He could have people executed at his whim. He could launch a thousand ships. He could send his armies into battle. The wisest man on the planet, the wisest man in history other than Jesus on this earth. And the Bible says from his standing, he knelt. And when he knelt, then he lifted up his hands and stretched up to heaven and he called on God. Who did he call on God before? Before the whole congregation. So what is that trying to tell you and I today? You see, the prayers that God says amen to are the prayers of humble people. See, God is calling us to be humble and stay humble. See, humility is simply this, confessing that you don't know it all. Oh, I I wish I got a better amen than that. I said confessing, confessing it, admitting it, coughing it up. Saying it out loud. I don't know it all. Let me hear the teenagers say, I don't know it all. (laughs) Yeah, you think you know it all, homie. You're 21 and you better move out because you're soon going to forget it. Hello, somebody. But you better move out while you think you got it all together, while you think you got the world figured out, where you think you, have you ever been around know-it-all people? Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. I know it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry. I got it. I know that. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I know that. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. You lying. You are a liar. You don't know everything. Let me take you down to the bay over here and then pull back the covers of the ocean. And then you tell me you comprehend everything that God created under that ocean. And you give me an analysis and an evaluation on every complexity from every cell and every amoeba and every fish and every kind of coral and every kind of every, every living thing under the water. It's impossible because we are not we are not God. God is the only one that knows it all. Oh, I know it all, Pastor. Don't worry about it. I know. I know. I know. Are you sure you know? You know how to get there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to get there. 
Ladies, how about your husbands when you have to find a place? He said, do you know where we're going, honey? Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. I've been here a hundred times before. I know, I know exactly. And then all of a sudden, he gets that bewildered look like, honey, are you sure? Now, instead of the beautiful, you know, downtown, now you're out in the, in the industrial part. Now you're down on the railroad tracks. Now dolphins are coming up to your car. And you got the kids on the back and say, Daddy, he wants to sell me a balloon. I want a balloon. I want a balloon. <laughs> but Solomon humbled himself by kneeling before the whole congregation saying, I do not know it all. But that's, that's only half of the pancake. Hello. That's only one side of the waffle, confessing that you don't know it all. The other side is admitting and confessing that you're willing to learn. You're willing to learn from everyone and anyone at any time. Oh, I don't like my home director. I just don't like that guy, his face. Some of you saw these journey group people and say, oh, my God. They couldn't crack a smile if they had a sledgehammer. Looked like a police lineup for a minute. Some of them were trying to give you the best American me imitation. But then there were some of those sanguine ones, right? Those funny ones. Pick us, pick us, pick us. No, 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 no. You're a little bit too hyper for me, amen? You, 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 just a little ADD there. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Be. No, 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 no. But how many love your journey group leaders? Oh, let me say it again. How many love your journey group leaders? You know why? These are the people that step forward and say, we will humble ourselves before the Lord, before the congregation, and we will take you in and work with you intimately in your life. We don't profess to know it all, but we admit we are willing to learn. Come on, somebody. Give God praise this morning. Those are the prayers that God says amen to. That is reliable. That is accurate. When you pray with humility this year, humbly pray under the power of the living God. See, the Bible says every knee shall bow. Bill Gates will have to bow one day. Every tongue will confess. Every billionaire's tongue will have to confess. It wasn't their money, but it is God. You and I must confess. Let's move on. Second Chronicles 6.16 6, says this. Solomon prayed. He says, you kept your word to David, my father, Lord. You promise. Your promise it was. You did exactly what you promised. Every detail you did it. So, oh God, God of Israel, let this all happen and confirm it and establish it. Verse 7. God is telling you and I, 
that here is a situation that God is telling you this morning. When you go into prayer, you need to pray that God's word, this Bible, the promises become fulfilled in your life. In your lifetime. Not only in your life, but in your lifetime. That the promises of God that are yes and amen, there's over 7,000 promises in this book. What are the promises that God has promised you? What are the ones that he has promised us in general? He has given Victor Outreach International a promise to go out into the nations, to spread out to the left and to the right. And that our, that our young people will inherit the desolate, that the, the word desolate means the wasted, undeser, uh, the deserted cities of the world. The cities that there's no more life, even though there's people there living, but they're just living their life oppressed and, and under a, a, a great uh, despair. But when we come in through the power of God, because the ball is in our court and we got the answer and no gates of hell shall prevail against the church of Jesus Christ, a victory outreach Hayward. But we step in and we begin to push back those gates and we say we have come in the name of the Lord and we have come to fulfill the word in this book that this is the precise time and day and moment that we have been called. It is the word and the promises of God. Some of you have not seen the promises of God yet fulfilled in your life. So that means that you need to continue to pray. Pray for your family. Pray for your church. Pray for the movement we call Victory Outreach. And my friend, this is a time that you and I will see God move in a dear and desperate way in our lives that will take us to a new reality, a new level. We'll see things change within our lifetime. Martin Luther King Jr. had a, had a dream. We're going to celebrate his birthday this January, but that powerful statement we I have a dream it resonates it rings within the hearts and the minds of every generation since he said them what about the word of God when God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that every spiritual gift from above I give to you, I give it freely, every gift I give to you, have you claimed the best gifts Have you claimed the best gifts for yourselves? This is the time to be the doer of the word rather than the hearer of the word. You need to go from this place this morning and say, you know what? I need God to say amen to my prayers. When I start taking the word of God in hand, I take that word. It is, it is, it is, it is like honey to me. I'm going to consume it. It is sweet to me. It is something that I, I, I can count on. I can count on God fulfilling his word to me. Not only will he give you a personal word, but he'll give you a word right out of the scriptures that will be your life verse that will just take you into new realms. And when you're in despair and in darkness, God will re reveal the light to you and bring it back in remembrance. Are you listening this morning that God is... The God of yesterday, today, and forever. That means every generation. And that means you and your generation today. We're going to make a difference for God. And I don't know about you, 
But I need God this year to say amen to the prayers I'm going to pray. I'm tired of those shallow, short, simplistic prayers. I got to get a hold of God. God, my daughter needs you. Now my grandson, my little grandson made me a grandpapa and a grandmama. We just love him so much. But we could see the potential upon his life. And, 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 and how is he going to reach it? But if, unless somebody steps forward and say, you know, we'll, 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 we'll take God at his word. As for me and my house. That means everybody that lives within my, within my core circle of, of family will serve the Lord. Don't give up on Chili Willy in the prison house. Don't give up our rascon and probation. Ah, oh, they, they made their choice. Just leave them. Let, let them be. Let the devil just beat them up. Imagine if we did that to you. Instead of standing on the word for you. And said, Lord, if you did it for the prodigal, you can do it for my prodigal daughter. You can do it for my prodigal son. You can do it for my prodigal husband, my prodigal daughter, my prodigal, my prodigal wife. How dare we pray short, simplistic, shallow. You need to humble yourself. And God says, amen to that man. When he hears his word going up in prayer, he says, amen to that sister. Move heaven for her. Amen. So let it be. Certainly. Gubo. Thrusha. Give me five. Give me some skin. Now I'm showing old school now. Skin. I don't even know. Fist pump now. Fist pump two people right now says, that's the kind of prayer we need to God to answer. Say amen to me. Thank you, Lord. Let me finish now. We need the word to come alive this year for us. It's not good enough just to read it. We got we to see it lived out in our lives. How many need a miracle this morning? How many know this church needs a miracle? I remember walking in this church when it was just a little skinny, narrow church. Pastor Steve brought me, or he kidnapped me here. You know how he was, right? You know, if he had a project, if he had something on his heart, he just wanted to take you there. Didn't matter whether you were hungry or you had to go to the bathroom or anything like that. He just had to take you there. And one evening he kidnapped me and said, I got to take you over here to this building. I want to hear your body talk in this building. Well, you don't even know that. Amen. All right. It's another generation now. We walked into the building. It was tiny, dark, ugly. Not like it is now. I mean, you're breaking out to the left and to the right. You don't care what the building code says. What just up? No, no, no. You do. You do. You do. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, Pastor, we got the men's home working out right now. But I remember when we came into the building, and he said, I'm, we're going to have church there. I said, you are, huh? Okay. And then we had church. We, he just rented it. Just rented it. had chandeliers, I think, in here or something, something. Something different, very different, very traditional church building. 
And look what God's doing. Look what God's doing. The word is being fulfilled that Pastor Steve had received from the Lord that he was going to possess the. That everywhere his foot stepped, they were ordered. They were ordered. They were or. They were ordered by God. And you're saying, Lord, I got I, I, I got to see that word lived out. I got to see reality. I got to see tangible. I got to see these things that I can touch and see and feel and, and know that you are God and be able to point to it and say, I, I, yeah, the thousand is, in, is not in my house, but it's coming. Thirdly, 2 Chronicles 6.34, when your people go to war against their enemies at the time and place you send them and they pray to God toward the city you choose and the temple, the church I built to honor you. Your name, listen from heaven to do what they pray and ask for and do what is right for them. What does that talk about? The prayers that God answers is when we pray for others. When we pray for others this year, let me get my pianist up here, would you? When we pray for others, those are the prayers that God is going to say amen to this year for you. But especially... The prayers, when you pray for others, not just praying for others, but especially when you pray for others when they have offended you. Touch your neighbor and tell him, he's talking about you again, dog. Praying pray for others, especially when they offend you this year. You know, there are people that just look to get hurt in church. Oh, got real quiet on that one, Pastor. Yeah, there, there are people in this world, they just love to get hurt. They love it. It's in their personality. It's in their DNA. They look to get hurt. They twist your words. I hey, I didn't mean that. Well, the way you looked at me told me different. No, 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 I didn't mean that at all. Yes, you did. They see every day as a dark and dismal day and depressed and, 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 and they look to get hurt. They're easily hurt. We used to have a name for them in Victor Outreach. We called them Susie Bruzies. come into church they get offended little things they didn't get the parking they wanted they had to wait in line a long time for the restroom simple little things that just I mean you know you wait at the DMV all day long but you can't wait in church right that, that little person that gives you the, your french fries at McDonald's gives it to you with an attitude. You don't say nothing about it. But when you come to church and somebody just has a bad day and they do something against you with a bad attitude. Ah! My God! I'm leaving the church. How dare they? I thought they were Christians. How hard is it to pray for someone when they offend you? That's the, that's the test. If you're really saved, 
How many this past year somebody offended you? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> but here's the question. Tell somebody, here's the question. How many people did you offend last year? Tell somebody, he's talking about me now. Confess it, brother. Confess it. See, people are going to offend you this year, but love them. Return good for evil. Or do you only return good to those that are good to you? Or do you return good even to the ones that are evil to you? I'll tell you what. Travel down the 880 during rush hour. Let somebody cut in front of you. And you're going to want to give them one of those finger things. Say, no, thank you, brother. Amen. Go ahead. I don't know about you, but down in Orange County, man, people drive crazy. They, they, they wear you thin with your patience. But there are going to be times this year that you will be offended. And there will be also times this year that you will offend other people. You're just going to be one big porcupine this year. You know what a porcupine is? Try to hug a porcupine. Oh, oh, oh. Brother, come on, man. That hurt. I don't want to even go to the journey group with them because they just they just hurt us so much. Just, just the way have you ever been have you ever have you ever been mad dogged in church? You're doing it to me right now. I mean, Victor Outreach is notorious for that, right, Pastor Josie? Mad dogging. You know, I'm, I'm an outgoing person. How many outgoing people do we have here this morning? Three people in the men's home. They want to get out of the home, not just outgoing. They want to get out. Don't worry, brother. Your time will come, but go out with a blessing. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say let it be. The worst thing is to be mad dogged in church. Especially if you're a new person coming into this church. Trying to break in to the clique. Trying to break in. And you get mad dogged by people. This, I thought this was supposed to be a friendly church, a loving church, a, a, a out, go out of their way church. But there you go. You just walk, walk right by that new person. You got something to do. But instead you forget to go, God bless you. You are answered to our prayers. You're not listening. I said you are answers to our prayers. We have been praying for you to come in. And we have been praying that we would change our ways. We have been praying that we would be loving. The love of Jesus would manifest through us to you. You're not just a VIP for one day. You are a VIP all the time. 
how about when you offend somebody and let me let me just give me four more minutes when you offend someone you didn't even know you did it have you ever said something that you wish you could take back you knew a minute that you knew the minute that you said it you knew man give me that back I don't know why that came out I didn't mean you were fat I just meant that you, you, you look blessed. You liar. There are some people that just say what's on their mind. But I have some wisdom for you. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Give God praise this morning. And finally, the prayers that God says amen to when we sin. Second Chronicles 6.36, singers, would you come? When they sin against you, this is Solomon praying. And they certainly will, Lord. There is no one without sin, verse 36. And in anger, you turned them over to the enemy, and they were taken captive to the enemy's land, whether far or near. But when they repent in the country of their captivity and pray with changed hearts in their captivity, when they say we've sinned, we've done wrong, when we've been most wicked, and we turn back our heart and our soul in the land of the enemy that we were conquered and pray toward the homeland, the land that you gave our ancestors, toward the city you chose, the temple I have built in the name and the honor in the name of the Lord. For their prayers are desperate and devout. Listen to that. Desperate and devout. Do what is best for them, Lord. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. What are the kind of prayers that God says amen to? When we pray humbly this year. When we pray for others this year. When we recognize that, that we need the word of God to become reality. That we're holding on to the promises of God. Not just praying whatever, Lord, give me a Cadillac, give me a, a Escalade, a Cadillac Escalade. Oh, that's a good prayer, but that's not claiming the word of God correctly. But we got to pray that the God's word become fulfilled in our lives and the lives of our family. And then finally, when you fail God this year, and not if, it's when. Because Solomon even said it, we've all come short. We're, we're all going to get tripped up. We're going to miss the mark. But he says, discipline us, Lord. And here's the key, that we don't run away from your presence, but we run to your presence. That's the key. That's the lesson that you and I must learn this year. For when we pray, we send down the fire. It was the fire that Moses saw on the hill. It was the fire that Elijah prayed down and God destroyed the sacrifices. It was the fire that landed at Pentecost. Would you stand with me this morning and lift your hands to heaven? And if you need your prayers from God to be answered by an amen this morning, you know, you say what, you say, Pastor, this morning I feel God is speaking to me right now that this is a time that I, I need to really press in. I'm tired of praying short, simple simplistic prayers 
then I want you to open up the altars as they begin to sing this morning. I want you to come. Bring your husband. Bring your wife. Come on. Bring your children this morning. Come before the presence of the Lord. Say, yes, I need a revolution in my prayer life.